Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so this morning, because it's Pentecost Sunday, uh, I'm gonna. I want to talk to us about the Holy Spirit. Uh, I want to introduce you to my friend, the Holy Spirit. If you've never met him, uh, you've never. Maybe you've never heard about him. I want you. I want us to to talk about him. And I'm gonna. I'm gonna say a fair bit of stuff. Um, without pulling up scripture after scripture each every kind of statement and thought i'm sharing comes from the word of god but this is not so much a bible study but an introduction if that makes sense uh some people call the holy spirit the holy ghost and many people freak out and they're like oh ghosts i'm not sure about ghosts but that's one of the names in the bible for the holy spirit the holy ghost uh the, the word spirit actually means breath and so the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. And just like the breath or the wind, you can't always see the wind, but you can see the effects of the wind. You can't see the Holy Spirit, but you can see the effects of the Holy Spirit. He's the, and I always, it drives me bananas if he gets referred to as it. it drives me bananas. Because it, he is not it. If you talked about my wife and said, it's going to do something, I'd be like, don't you dare. She, she's a person. And the Holy Spirit is a person. He is the third person of the Trinity. The Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are uniquely one. They share the same properties. They are God. They are everywhere, omnipresent, all-knowing. They are God, but yet they are three distinct persons. The Father has his own personality, the Son, Jesus, his own personality, the Holy Spirit, his own personality. They have, they have different roles within the team God, if you like. Uh, if you imagine that water can be, is actually one particular molecular structure but can be expressed as ice, water, or steam, and it's all exactly the same thing, but there's three expressions of H2O. God is like that. He may be G3O. I'm not quite sure what we're going to call him. Uh, but, but God is, he is three in one. And so the, the, the Jesus who was manifest, who became a man, is God's son. And he, we saw him. He's the only one of the Godhead, of the, or we call the Trinity, the three, the Godhead. And Jesus is the only one that we've physically seen, who's been seen. And the Bible says he was the visible image of the invisible God. So, so the Holy Spirit is his helper and he's our helper. In the Old Testament, you find that the Holy Spirit was moving in every chapter of the Old Testament and every story of the Old Testament. He came upon different people at different moments in different seasons. He came upon the prophets as they prophesied. He came upon the kings as they led. He came upon the priests in different moments. Not everybody, but individuals where God needed to move. The Holy Spirit was at work. His role was to point all of that, those generations that the Messiah was coming, the anointed one. That's what Messiah means, the anointed one was coming and he pointed forward to Jesus and it's always the role of the Holy Spirit to point us to Jesus he pointed forward to Jesus and now he points us up to Jesus it was the Holy Spirit who came upon Mary 
And when she conceived Jesus, supernaturally, that was the Holy Spirit. Some people call the Holy Spirit the agent of God, God's secret agent at work in the earth. He's moving all the time. Marvel's got nothing on, on superpowers when it comes to the Holy Spirit. He, was, he divinely positioned Jesus Christ, the seed of Jesus Christ in the womb of Mary. Jesus lived with the Holy Spirit in him until he was 30 when the Holy Spirit came upon him. When he was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came upon him to do the works of the ministry. From that, the point of his baptism on, he began to preach the word of God, heal the sick, cast out demons. Jesus always had the authority of God because he's the son of God. But the Holy Spirit came upon him with a power and anointing for him to do the works of God. He did no works, no ministry until the Holy Spirit came upon him. After Jesus died at the cross, it was the Holy Spirit who raised him from the dead. He moved on a body that was dead and he brought him back to life. He quickened that physical body back to life and made him a brand new body, a spiritual body, the first of a, of a whole harvest of spiritual bodies. Before Jesus died, he told his disciples this, John 15, 26, when the helper comes, this is his name for the Holy Spirit, the helper. When the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. See, God knew we needed a Savior, so he sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sin. Once that had been accomplished, then he knew that we would need a helper to follow Jesus. And so he sent the Holy Spirit as a helper. We needed a Savior. He sent Jesus. Now Jesus has ascended into the right hand of heaven. He went up. He sits at the right hand of God in heaven right now. And he sent the Holy Spirit 10 days later. I love that it took 10 days. We've had 10 days of, of prayer right now waiting on him. The Holy Spirit's role is to point people to Jesus. And so he convicts people, he convicts us of our sin and our need of forgiveness. That feeling we get when our conscience is awakened that we've done the wrong thing, that's the Holy Spirit pricking our conscience, convicting us of sin. When we repent of our sin, when we don't know God, and there'll be an opportunity today if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with God. When you don't know God and you, and you receive the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers and it's available for everybody, it's the Holy Spirit who takes the blood of Jesus Christ and washes away our sin. I like to think of it like this. Jesus' blood provided the only thing that can cleanse us from our sins, but it's the Holy Spirit who applies that. He paints us with the blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. He is the one who, renew, who washes us. It's the Holy Spirit who regenerates us. He makes us born again. So the Bible says that we're born again of the Spirit, born again from above. That's the working of the Holy Spirit. The moment a person responds to the conviction of God, then they turn and they pray a prayer asking for forgiveness. That's the Holy Spirit. He's acting. He's, he's all around and over a person in that moment. It's the Holy Spirit who gives us spiritual gifts when we're born again. He places them inside of us, and He continues to place them inside of us. It's the Holy Spirit, I love this, who pours out the love of God into our heart. That's what He does. He, he, he is, it, when you become a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He lives in you. The Bible says your body is His temple. 
And so he lives inside of you. He lives, he's all over the world, but he lives inside of those who have repented and have been made right with Christ. And part of what he does is on a daily basis, as often as we reach out to him, he'll pour the love of God into our hearts. That's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who who partners with us and helps us to pray. When we don't know how to pray, he helps us to pray. Uh, He walks with us into the throne room of heaven, living with us and and prompting us and teaching us how to have meaningful connection with our Father in heaven through Jesus, his Son. It's the Holy Spirit who is our advocate. He intercedes for us when we need someone to cry out for us. That that word uh, helper is parakletos in the Greek. It it means helper or advocate, like a lawyer in a courtroom fighting for you. That's the Holy Spirit and Jesus, by the way. They're both called the parakletos. The Holy Spirit is our comforter in time of need. He's our counselor when we don't know where to go or what to do. He's the one who transforms us into the image of Jesus Christ. It's him who's constantly working in us. It's him who produces his fruit in us, the fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the Holy Spirit in you. When he lives and dwells in you, the fruit in our life of transformation are those things and more. He is the spirit of truth who brings the word of God alive to us. Before you were a Christian, you read the Bible, it made no sense. But when the Holy Spirit lives inside you, he is the great quickener who brings the Bible alive. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible comes alive every day. All the time, he points us to Jesus to ensure that Jesus receives all the honor and the glory. The great thing about the Godhead the Trinity, the difference between every between Christianity and every other false religion in the world is that our God is three in one. He's in a loving relationship, all referring glory to the other, all not trying to take glory. Jesus wants to give glory to the Father. The Holy Spirit wants to give glory to Jesus. The Father wants to elevate Jesus. There's this beautiful relationship between the three of them who are one, not of competing, but of honoring and loving one another. And the Holy Spirit's role is to elevate Jesus for us. And every believer, every every person who's been born of the Holy Spirit has access to the Holy Spirit. He lives in all of us. I feel like the old ad for the steak knives. But wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. Every believer in the world today has has the Holy Spirit living in them, doing all that I've just said. But there's another dimension of the Holy Spirit that that Jesus wanted us to have. He said, I'm going to go, I'm going to leave. When the disciples, after he rose from the dead, he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They already had the Holy Spirit. That was their born-again experience. But there is another experience available to every believer, not just being born again, not just being baptized in water, but being baptized in the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay, we can put this up. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a one-off experience of being overwhelmed by and filled with the Holy Spirit. The baptism, the word baptism literally means to immerse or to be overwhelmed. Just like someone's baptized in water, immersed or overwhelmed, there's an experience called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's a one-off experience. You only need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit once. 
You can be filled over and over again, but you only need once to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I love the thought that the word that describes it best is that we're overwhelmed. We're filled. It's different to our salvation, although it can happen almost simultaneously to our salvation. It's an experience that first happened on the day of Pentecost. 40 days after Jesus was crucified, 10 days after he ascended to heaven. Pente literally means 50. Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover. In the first baptism of the Holy Spirit, he came like a rushing, mighty wind. Filled a room of 120 people who were waiting on him. He came with tongues of fire. And fire is the symbol in the Bible of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Fire is the, the, the thing that people should describe about a church that's, that's been baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a fire in that place. There's a passion in that place. There's a, there's a zeal in that place. And it comes not from noise. It's not loudness. It's the power of the Holy Spirit coming on a people hungry who would wait and cry out for God to come and fill them. The whole point of the baptism in the Holy Spirit is power. The people would, Jesus said, wait and you will be clothed with power. Dunamos is the Greek word. It's the word we get dynamite from. Wait and a power from heaven will get on you that will be like dynamite in your life. It's not just a, a nice little religious experience. It will turn your world upside down. It will transform us and overwhelm us. It's not a moment that we walk away from and go, oh, that was nice. It's a moment that changes us forever. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, fire, fire, fire. The point of it is power. What happened when when they got filled with the Holy Spirit, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's like it overflowed. And one of the evidences of it was that they spoke in other tongues. They began to speak in a spiritual language that they didn't understand with their mind because being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not something that happens in our mind. It's something that happens in our spirit and our heart. We get filled. And then this thing begins to bubble up and overflow. And then we begin to speak in a language of heaven. I won't get too much into tongues this morning because I find that often it's tongues that creates both one, a blockage, a mental blockage for people going, oh, that's a bit weird. But you'd have to say, so is being raised from the dead. You'd have to say, that's a bit weird. Come on. You'd have to say people getting healed from cancer and arthritis and things that, that's, that, that are in their bodies and suddenly leave them. You'd have to say, that's a little bit weird. You'd have to say Jesus floating up into the clouds is a little bit weird. In fact, I'm thinking tongues is quite low down there on the weird factor, if you know what I mean. But So it can be a blockage. But, but beyond a blockage, it can actually become a stopping point. And people go, well, yeah, now I speak in tongues. So, you know, a few minutes on a Sunday when we all pray, I'm going to speak in tongues. And if I could say one thing to you this morning about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is don't stop at speaking in tongues. Because speaking in tongues is actually just an access point from the natural realm to the spiritual realm where there is power. The point of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not that you speak in tongues. It's to give us access to the power of God to flow into our life so we can do everything that God wants. It's power, not tongues. 
Tongues is awesome. I love tongues. Paul says, I'll speak in tongues more than all of you. I feel like I could say that today. I speak in tongues so much. But it's not about speaking in tongues is not the end result. It's not the end game. It's an access point to the power of God coming into our lives so that we can be witnesses right through all the earth. The end of this service, if you've never had that overwhelming experience of the Holy Spirit where you've been immersed and filled, we're going to pray for you. I'm going to ask you to come out the front. We're going to pray for you. And God will fill you if, and here's the thing, if you're hungry and thirsty. On the last day, Jesus said, he talked about this, if anyone's thirsty, come to me and I'll give you rivers of living water that will flow out of your belly, out of your innermost being. This he spoke of the Holy Spirit. There's, a, there's an access of the supernatural realm of the Spirit that's to flow in and up and out of us, and it's the Holy Spirit. That's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It's the opening of a door to the supernatural realm to flow through us on a daily basis. So how do I get it? If I, Well, I've got to be thirsty. Anyone who thirsts, God, I want everything. God, I'm, I'm not going to let my mind rob me of everything I've had. I'm not going to let others tell me what I should or shouldn't have. I'm going to look at your word and I'm hungry for the power of God because I need that power. First one is, is thirst. The second one is it's usually through impartation. It's usually what's on somebody else flows to you because it's real and it's powerful. You can, many people, well, numbers of people can cry out to God and, and get that on their own. But the easiest way to get it is someone to lay hands on you who's baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit and let that flow into your life. And, and before you know it, the, the, the natural overflow is speaking in tongues. But the real goal is that you'll have power power in your life that's the that's the, the vibe so that's the first thing it's the being baptized in the holy spirit the second thing is being filled with the holy spirit happens continually as we passionately pursue god so if the symbol okay so ephesians 5 18 and 19 don't be drunk with wine because that'll ruin your life Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. The Greek word there means continuously be filled. Not just, not, not just when you got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but continuously be filled. Be filled, be filled, be filled, continuously. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, that's in tongues. Among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart. So, so here's the thing. If the symbol of baptism in the Holy Spirit's fire... The symbol of, of being filled is wine. When Jesus came and turned water into wine, it was to help the party go on. Awesome. But it was also saying, I'm coming to turn dead religion. I'm coming to, to, to take the plane and turn it into something powerful. I'm, I'm coming to take something that's ordinary and to change that into something that's supernatural. And the wine, God wants you to have a new wine. Not to be. Uh, it's interesting, when they got baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, people thought they were drunk. There was this joy. Ever met someone who, you know, in the army reserves, I would hang out with guys, they'd all be drinking, I wasn't, and then afterwards they'd come up like, oh, I love you so much. You're drunk. When the Holy Spirit fills you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you know what? You love everybody so much. If you're having a hard time loving people, maybe you're not filled. Because I think if we could put the supernatural ultrasound 
the armor, you had the ultrasounds before you were born, they could look inside. If we could put the supernatural ultrasound on every one of our spirit, there would be a level of filledness. There'd be a level of, because if it says keep being filled, that gives you the idea that you can be empty. I can be drained of the spirit. It's not a once-off experience, it's an ongoing. So if I'm, if I'm empty, if I'm low on the Holy Spirit, then I'll have all the, the others, because if I'm filled with the Spirit, there's a joy that bubbles up inside of me. There's a love for God's people. There's a faith that comes up out of me. But if I'm empty, I, I have a strong desire to be with God's people. But when I get empty, the joy leaves, the love wears thin, hanging with God's people becomes a take it or leave it kind of thing. When I'm filled, I'm hungry for the Word of God. The Bible, as I read it, every word jumps off the page. When I'm not, I'm just going through the motions. We've got to learn to be self-readers of our filled gauge. Am I filled or am I not filled? And we can keep getting filled. Thank you. Because we leak. You know what the danger of someone who's dehydrated is? They don't know they're dehydrated and they've lost their thirst. I'm, I'm getting weak and I, I haven't realized it because I haven't been drinking enough and now I'm getting weak and, and I'm losing strength and I'm getting headaches and things are going wrong and, and you're like, are you thirsty? No, I'm not thirsty. That's the sign you've got dehydrated. Spiritually, are you thirsty for God? Girls, do you hear activates coming up? And you're like, man, 24 hours in the presence of God, 24 hours worshiping, 24 hours hearing the word of God preached. Do you, and does your heart go, yes, this is going to be awesome? Well, you're probably filled. If, if your heart goes, oh, take it or leave it. Maybe you're dehydrated. Maybe the attitude stuff that's going down in your head is because you're dehydrated. And you, and you know when you're dehydrated, you just got to force yourself to start drinking. You just got to push yourself into that place, not because you're feeling it, but because you know you need it. You know it'll be good for you. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. You get filled by worship. You get filled by praying you get one of the, the points of, of speaking in tongues that's why i do it every day is i want i want to open the the channel between me and the realm of the spirit so that there's a flow of that river of the holy spirit coming and filling me up again do i feel like it when i start hardly ever but then i just start god i put some worship music on i begin to speak in tongues and i feel the flow i feel and, I, and it's like oh that's right i love to worship that's right i love to pray the feeling comes back it wasn't there at the start but i am the i have to cultivate my own spirit you have to maybe today it's been a while maybe you've been going through the motions of your christian walk Maybe it's been a while since you've said, come on, God, fill me again. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit back then. But I want you to fill me. I want you to come. I'm going to worship. I'm going to pray. I, I'm going to put, press in for something fresh because when you get filled, there's an overflow in your life. You can start to fight the devil. You can start to overcome things. It's part of the flow of being filled. You see, Jesus, After he was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him, and the Bible said he was filled, and he, and he went into the, the Holy Spirit, led him into the wilderness. 
And as he, out of that place of being filled, he fought the devil, he fought temptation, all sorts of different things happened. But then something happened, and this is the, la- the last thing I want to talk about. And it's the, the difference is the anointing. Because there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. There's being filled, which is an ongoing process that comes through prayer and worship. But then there's an anointing. And the anointing is a supernatural empowering of the Holy Spirit upon us to minister to others. Being filled is in us. But Jesus said, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. I'm clothed with power. It's not for me. Being filled is for me and it overflows to others. I need to get filled for me. You need to get filled for you to live with victory and joy and, and, and passion with your Christian life so people go, I'll have what he's having. I'll have what she's having. That's because that person's filled. But the anointing is a, something that gets upon us and the symbol of the anointing in the Bible is oil. So baptism is fire. Being filled is new wine. But the anointing is the oil. In the Old Testament, when, when a priest or a king or, would be ordained, they'd get a, a big horn, a cow's horn, and they'd fill it with oil, and they'd sit there and they'd pour it out over them until that oil ran. It wasn't just a little, little dab like we do. It was a pouring out over them until the oil went all over their hair, ran down their beard, ran down their, their garments and went and flowed onto the floor. And the Bible says that unity is like the oil that flows down over Aram's head, beard and to his garments. That's because that's how priests were anointed. That's how kings were anointed, not a little dab. And, and we can, you know what, we're like, oh, we're Pentecostals. We don't, we're not religious. We can so be religious. We can come, have our dab, Go home and go, oh, we're Pentecostals. We're better than everybody else. No, 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 no. Not if we're not getting overflowed with a baptism, an ongoing oil of the Holy Spirit. And so that oil, Jesus says he went, he went into the wilderness filled with the Holy Spirit, but he came out in the power of the Holy Spirit. There's two things I want us to understand about the anointing, the power. You've, you've watched it. I've, I've done it. I've, I've, I used to be a worship leader. I've su- stood up and sung a song, same song, without any sense of overflow of God in my life or anointing, and it just goes zoom. And then another person who mightn't even be as good a singer as me, but they've been hanging with God, and they've got an anointing on them, on them. and they get up and they sing, and heaven goes zoom. And all the hands go, and everyone's worshiping. You're like, hey, but the other guy was a better singer. You go, so what? It's the anointing. The anointing on a person. One person person can get up and preach one sermon, and a different person can get up and preach the exact same sermon. And one sermon, people might go, oh, they're a good preacher. I really like their style. And another person, everyone goes, I love Jesus as a result of that. That touched my heart and changed my life. What is that? That's the difference between the anointing and not the anointing. And the anointing is not just for Jesus and it's not just for preachers. It's for every one of us. For whatever, you, whatever God's gifted you to do, there's an anointing for it. If you're like, well, I don't know what I'm gifted to do. Well, you need to go to our next step session today 
10.15, and we actually help people go, this is the spiritual gift that God's given you. And once you, once, here's the thing, you're like, oh, I've never really experienced, the anointing is this feeling that it's just flowing. It's oiled. It's working. It's, it's easy. God's on this. It's like God's speaking through me, or God's moving through my hands right now, or God's ministering to these people, or as I'm baking these things to give them, it's like, there's a flow of God on this. I'm looking after these children, and it's easy. There's an, there's an anointing. It's flowing. That's God on us. And whatever you're gifted for, there's an anointing for. So it's really important to, look, to work out, well, what am I gifted for? That's why every month we run these classes to help people go, that's odd, that's what I'm gifted for, so that I can start to operate it, but I can get a gift. There's a gift, there's an anointing for preaching. Mums, there's an anointing for being a mum. You're ministering on behalf of God, and you, there is an anointing to be a mum. There's an anointing to be a dad. If you're a teacher, there's an anointing to be a teacher. There's an anointing for school and study, would you believe? There's an anointing for whatever sphere you minister in. There's an anointing for it. That's the, that's the oil of God that makes it work and flow. How do, how do I get it? Okay, okay so the, the other thing is whatever you're gifted in, but it's, it's actually the anointing's about other people. The anointing is not about me feeling good. This is my big personal challenge where churches become so focused on the Holy Spirit and me feeling good and having an experience with God but it's like it's a dam because the river doesn't flow out. Ultimately, having an experience with God's awesome, and we need more of them. But if there's not a focus for that to flow out, to touch other people, to draw people to Christ, there'll be power to be my witnesses, the power to change lives. So as soon as it's all about me and having a quiver in my liver, feeling goosebumps and coming back next week to feel goosebumps and feeling them again because I love the feeling. I'm into the feeling, don't get me wrong. But when that's the main game, we're missing the point. The power is to be witnesses. The power is to flow. The anointing. Some of you are in business and the Bible says there's an anointing to create wealth. If you're making it to build the kingdom, to build the house, there's a supernatural anointing on you. You go, how do I get the anointing? Well, here's the thing. The anointing really is, the word literally means to rub on. Rub the oil on. So the way you get the anointing is just, there's no shortcuts. It's being with God. It's hanging with the Holy Spirit. It's fasting. It's pressing in, going, God, I'm denying those other things. I'm hanging with you, and I'm hanging with the Holy Spirit, and He's rubbing off on me. He's rubbing off on me. And then I go... I've seen it so many times in, in my business, deal after deal have been made, not because we were good, but because the oil, the, the anointing made a way. People rang, rang us, conversations just supernaturally happened. There's an, whatever it is you're called to do, there's an anointing for it, and it comes from God. It's not just being filled, it's pursuing Him, fasting and going, God, all right, I'm in this area, I'm an evangelist, I want to win people to you, I need that anointing, I'm going to set myself apart to get that anointing on my life. Are we helping anybody here this morning? Can I ask us right now to close our eyes? And I'm wondering here this morning, I reckon there's, there's going to be uh, four different types of people who can respond to this message this morning. The first one is maybe you're here this morning and you've never responded to Jesus. You've never asked for, for the forgiveness that Jesus Christ offers. 
And today you need to make a decision to, to surrender your life to God. He loves you. He wants the best for you. You might have heard it, believed it, but never actually surrendered. Never, never in a moment like now raised your hand and said, I want to give my life to God. I want to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offered. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you're saying, that's me. I need to get right with God. You, you once might have walked with God, but you're not walking with God right now. You need to come back and make him right. You need to get right with God right now. He's calling you. You can feel it. There's something here today that's calling you out of the dark place you're in to get back right with God in a moment. I want you to raise your hand. Or maybe you're just not sure if you're going to go to heaven when you die and you'd love to be sure. I would love to pray for you right now. If you're one of those people, you're saying, John, I need that relationship with God. I need to surrender my life to him. I need the change you're talking about, the forgiveness. I want to come back to God because I'm away from him or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now and say, that's me. I need to get right with God wherever you are. That's me. I need to get right with God. Just raise up your hand real high. Today's your day to get right with God. Today's your day for the forgiveness of sin. Christians are praying for you right now. It's no accident that you're here in this church today for this moment. It's your moment to get right with God. Would you raise your hand if that's you? You're saying, John, I need to surrender my life to God. I need to get right with him. I'm surrendering. I need the forgiveness you're talking about. Who's that person today? I need to get, be sure I'm going to heaven. If that's you, just, just raise it up real high. Have courage right now. I'm not going to invite you to come out the front. We're going to pray with you. As we pray with you, God's going to come into your heart. His love's going to pour into your life. And everything's going to begin to change. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Say, John, that's me today. I need God. I can feel him tugging on my heart. I can feel him pulling on my heart right now. All right, we're good. Keep your eyes closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never had the experience of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've never had that overwhelming moment where you cried out to God, someone prayed for you, and you got filled and, and, and spoke in tongues. And if you'd like to have that today, give us a wave. You're saying, that's me. That's, that, there's some, I've been born again, but there's something missing. I need that moment. Give us a wave right now. Can we stand to our feet while we're going? Give us a wave if that's you right now. Numbers of people, numbers of people. Let's all stand together, all stand together. We're going to just take a few moments right now. If that's you, I want you just to come down the front. Just come down the front right now. If you're like, that's me, I need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I need that overwhelming encounter with God that will be life-changing. Come on down the front, stand here. We're going to pray for you. You're, there's, there's going to be more people. That's awesome, just across here. Keep coming. You're like, yeah, I need to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, today will be a life-changing day. If you're thirst for God, if you're hungry for God, fantastic. The second thing I want to ask right now, if you're here today and you're like, I recognize that I'm spiritually dehydrated. It's been a long time since I've had a drink and got filled. I don't have the joy bubbling up. I don't have that. I, I want to invite you as well to come on down the front. We're just going to take about five minutes of this service right now to fill the altar and for people, for you to get prayer. But really you're saying, God, I need to get filled. I need a fresh and filling of the Holy Ghost. If that's you, come on down the front. You're like, I've got a bit dry. I've lost a bit of my joy. I've lost a bit of my passion. I've, I, I don't have a hunger for the Bible like I really know I need to have. I don't have a hunger to be in the presence of God like I know I need to have. If you humble yourself before God, He will come and He'll fill you right now. Come and stand down the front. Can I get our pastoral team to come and begin to pray? Come on, cry out to God. Cry out to God. 
Church together, let's cry out to God for an infilling of His Holy Spirit.